Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We're headed over to Boston for today's Song of the Soul, a visit with Terry Kitchen. Terry's been making fine folk music since 1991, mostly solo, after his initial career as a rock star with a group called Loose Ties. Terry's songs mostly emerge from the deep, introspective places, accompanied by beautiful acoustic guitar work. Terry hasn't always been Terry, because once he was Max, as you'll hear during our conversation. Occasionally, you'll find him on stage with other folks, like the wonderful Mara Levine. But today, Terry Kitchen joins us solo from Boston via Skype. Terry, I'm super happy to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you, Mark. It's great to get to speak with you today. It's been a month plus in coming. Have you had a lot going on in your life there? Is the performing business very active in Boston? Yeah, there's always a lot of great music of all kinds in Boston. You know, luckily, folk music is pretty high on the list here, which it isn't in a lot of places. And I have a new CD out, so that's been keeping me busy as well. How often do you try and put out CDs? It depends. Usually every couple of years or so. I'm a, Primarily, I think of myself as a songwriter. So my plan is never really like, hey, I want to make a CD. It's more like, oh, I write a song and then I write another song and I'm thinking like, oh, I want people to be able to hear this. So I guess I, I better record it. I guess I better put something out. So, you know, every couple of years I get enough of them that make me want to put them out. You've got quite a number of albums out there. Do you ever get writer's block? Have there been periods where this grinds to a stop or particularly fertile times of your life? I would say, yes, unfortunately, when, you know, when I'm not happy is when I, when I write the most. You know, some people might keep a diary or, you know, maybe do paintings or some have some other outlet. But it's kind of the way that I make sense of both my own life and the world. So if I'm going through something, generally I'll write a lot. And then if things kind of level out, I maybe won't be as productive artistically. But every once in a while, you just have to kind of live, you know. Well, it looks to me like you've released an album a year for the last three years. So what's got you unhappy these days? Well, the most current album is called Next Time We Meet. A couple years ago, my best friend from high school, who I moved to Boston with back in the 1980s, and we were in a rock and roll band together for a number of years, which we'd been playing in since high school and had a lot of fun almost became rock and roll stars. That was the plan, but we missed it by that much. <laughs> and unfortunately, he developed cancer a couple of years ago. He did really well for a while and and was actually feeling really good because he was taking much better care of himself in terms of nutrition and exercise and all those things that he'd been kind of ignoring or putting off. But then eventually the treatment stopped working as well and the cancer gained ground and he, he ended up passing away last year. Watching him go through that process and having him be such a close friend of mine, it was kind of like losing half of my brain, 
You know, he's the person who I would say, hey, remember in high school when this happened or remember this Monty Python routine or whatever it might be. You know, we had so much shared history that it's just a different world without him here. And I think that we're not really geared towards being able to accept that we just get one bite at the apple. You know, so many of the world's faiths are really have some component of reincarnation or some kind of, you know, eternal life or uh, an afterlife. And at a time like this, you know, really thinking about, is this really the last time we're going to, you know, that we're going to see each other? So that led me to write a song called Next Time We Meet and theorizing about what it's going to be when, who knows, I'll be a butterfly and he'll be a flower or, you know, what it might be. But you really need to believe, or at least at that time, I really needed to believe there was going to be a next time. Was the album, as you said, you you grab onto a concept, was the album as a whole really about wrestling with what's happening and and the loss and the future and the past? A number of the songs are. Not everything, because there's some other things that kind of fit, you know, in a different way. There's also a song called uh, Get There Soon Enough, which I hope we get to listen to today that, you know, shows some different scenes during the course of the life and and especially how when we're young, we want things to happen so fast. You know, we want to grow up as fast as we can and we want that experience. And then as we get older, maybe some of those things have gone by and it's like, wait, it's over already? You know, and obviously the big one of that category is, you know, what comes at the end when you're looking back at your whole life and kind of in disbelief, like, really? Already? Is there a song that you'd like to share to start off your song of the soul? Sure. As you know, since we just talked about Get There Soon Enough, why don't we take a minute and listen to it? That's what we'll do. We're speaking today with Terry Kitchen for Song of the Soul. Here is Get There Soon Enough. My father used to drive me crazy. The slowest dad in the history of the world. He wouldn't turn the key Till our seatbelts were fastened At yellow lights he'd let the other guy go first How I'd fidget in my little big pinstripes As the ball burned a hole in my glove He'd say, Terry, what's the rush? Get there soon enough Pretty sure I was the last virgin In the whole state of Ohio Friends would tell their tales all their conquests I just nod and smile Thank God I found my own girlfriend But she whispered You can't hurry, love Sweet baby What's the rush? We'll get there soon enough Now life keeps going faster and faster The memories keep piling up Got a list of things to do 
That's half a mile long But what's the point If all I do is check them off T-cells ain't keeping up the fight We used to run the diamond in Little League Now he's limping into home plate These days he's enjoying each sandwich Each friendship too long out of touch Cause really, what's the rush? We'll get there soon enough Yeah, really, what's the rush? We'll get there soon enough Imagine that virtually all of us have heard from our parents growing up, we'll get there soon enough in one variety or another. That's what Terry Kitchen was sharing about, not only the exuberance of youth, but obviously when you're watching people die and the whole fear of getting there too soon for some of us. The last verse you share there, it's like he's ministering to you is the sense that I had. I don't know if that's how you experienced it, but that's the intimation that I got from the last verse of Get There Soon Enough. How did that go between you? I think that that's correct. I think that both in my friend Bill's case and also, you know, a number of people who really have to face what's coming, they get to a point where they're more at peace with it than the people around them. You know, they're dealing with it head on and and we're all trying to maybe avoid the subject because it's, you know, we don't want to upset the person or whatever. And and in Bill's case, he was really at peace. By the time it came, he was doing well. He got to spend some great time with his family and his friends. And we all appreciated him. And, you know, he appreciated us appreciating him. He got to see his daughter start <laughs> college, which was, a you know, a great thing for him. So really, I think that he was probably the most, at, the person in the room, the most at peace. So you were performing with him in the band Loose Ties. Yes, yeah. Back in in the 80s. 
You mentioned earlier, you said it was, a, you know, you were almost rock and roll stars <laughs> along the way. I, I, I don't know how close you were to that. But I think of your music as folk music because it's so, it's intimacy laden music that you're doing now. So is there a difference in terms of how many girlfriends you get or how many people hit on you when you're a folk <laughs> musician versus a rock star? Well, I would say there's certainly a difference in, in terms of like just the types of places you tend to be, you know, as a folk artist, the equivalent of a hookup is after a gig sharing a piece of carrot cake with someone and they tell you for two hours about their divorce. <laughs> <laughs> You know, which is I, you, you realize how many young people listening to this have just been dissuaded from going into <laughs> folk music. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, which which is actually great. It's great to meet people of all different experiences. Part of that's just the difference between being young and being older, and being young when sort of everything's ahead of you and you kind of want everything all at once. Having a little more years on me now, having a little more time to reflect, and realizing, you know. Quantity does not necessarily equal quality. And so the idea of, like, I'm the most surprised person in the world that I'm married. I've been married for almost 20 years now, and generally it's it's been great. But if you'd asked me even 25 years ago if I would ever be married, I would say, no. <laughs> you know, I would be, I would look <laughs> at you in stunned disbelief. So really, everybody's life is different, but it's amazing how much people change over the course of a lifetime just by their experiences and their perspective. One thing I'd mention about your music, and particularly that song, Get There Soon Enough, is the amazing resonance of your guitar. Is this a special kind of guitar or tuning? Or when, when you're doing the, re the studio recording, is it some kind of special guitar? It's a Taylor guitar. I'm very happy with it. Taylor's are made out in California and they're, you know, I, I was very happy. I actually ordered it mail order. So I never even played it by the time I got this particular guitar. But, you know, certain guitars just have a kind of a resonance. And then on that particular song, I do tune the lowest string down a step. So it does get a little extra kind of lower overtone that kind of rings throughout the song. And I, I think that hopes, you know, gives it a little extra resonance. Well, let's keep going with your music for your song of the soul. What's next, Terry? I would love people to hear a song called How Many Horses, which is, again, an, a different kind of a take on growing up and starting out again with maybe more nerve than sense is the way I'll put it. <laughs> How Many Horses by Terry Kitchen. When I was a kid We'd visit my cousins They had a pony Lived in the barn They told me I was Too little to ride it One day I snuck off To prove they were wrong How many horses Must I fall off of Many times back on must I climb? How many horses? The answer, of course, is at least one more horse, at least one more time. Now I'm a man, but I never learned caution, I never learned patience. 
I hate standing still I can count all the places my bones have been broken That I'd break them again And I probably will How many horses must I fall off of? How many times that gone must I climb? Horses. The answer, of course, is at least one more horse, at least one more time. I will dance, I will slide, I will fall, but I swear I will with us here today for Song of the Soul, a man who evidently has more gumption than sense, (laughs) which is the history behind the song, How Many Horses? And it's from his recording, Next Time We Meet. His name is Terry Kitchen. His website is terrykitchen.com. Terry is T-E-R-R-Y. The link, of course, is on northernspiritradio.org, as are all the links to all my guests since 2005. And again, how many horses? And the fact that you keep hitting your head against the wall, being thrown off the horse, whatever. Have you actually been a horse rider? I have ridden horses, not especially well. They're great animals. You know, they're they're so awe-inspiring. The fact that they let us climb on their backs and give us these great rides, 
I don't know what it does for them, but it certainly, you know, is a lot of fun for us. But that does not mean that I've acquired much skill at it. So it's always a little dicey if it happens for me. But it is really fun. And, you know, one thing that that was fun for me in that song was uh, the last verse talking about meeting St. Peter and being sent back to do it all again is so much of our culture, you know, I hope that people would know that story, even if they're not Christians about, you know, St. Peter being the gatekeeper of heaven or whatever. And for the past 2000 years, so many of those stories have become central to our culture. And so it's nice to have those shared reference points, even if we don't have the faith. And one thing I worry about us losing as, you know, the world is growing so fast in so many different directions is that we don't have as many common points of intersection And I think part of that's on us is that we, you know, as Americans, we need to learn other people's languages and other cultures. And so if there's, say, a creation myth in Japan, you know, we should take it upon ourselves to learn what that is or whatever it might be. And there's certainly some great traditions, you know, out of India and Africa and older parts of Europe. So we need to look beyond ourselves a little. You said earlier, Terry, that you're so surprised that you've married. You've been married for 20 <laughs> years, and you didn't ever plan to do this. I specifically planned not to do it, I would say, for you know, for most of that time. Does this have anything to do with how many horses? I mean, relationships, maybe you decided you could ride that horse, or you, you realized you were trying to ride the wrong horse, or <laughs> I don't know. I thought there was a correlation that was going to come up. Okay, well, I would say for me... My wife, Cindy, is a wonderful person. You know, she's also an artist, which makes it an interesting relationship because part of being an artist, you know, you want to create, but there has to be some ego in there, you know, driving you. You want to leave some kind of mark on the world or the way that we're trying to choose to hopefully, you know, make the world a better place is something that also is from us. It's not anonymous or it's not just helping someone across the street or, you know, whatever it might be, or these very practical things that we all need to do as well. I'm proud of the fact that I made this album that I think is really good. And, you know, it has my name on it. It's not just out in the world anonymously. Since we're both artists in this relationship, our egos have to find a place to coexist. And I respect what she does. She's a filmmaker and recently made a very moving movie called One in Eight Janice's Journey about a woman who's coping with breast cancer. And Cindy respects what I do as well. And I actually, you know, have contributed some music to some of her films. But it does make it on a given day, I might be wrestling with a song and she might be wrestling with a scene in a movie or whatever it might be. So we need to give each other a little space. So I would say it it took me a number of tries at relationships to both get to the point in myself where I could be myself and still be in a giving relationship and also find a partner who could do the same. So it, it took a few times of falling off the horse before that happened. Likewise here, congratulations to you and Cindy on 20 years. And I'd love to hear some more of your music right now. Well, thank you. There's a song. It's not called Cindy. It's another woman's name. The song is called <laughs> Melanie, which is from the new album. And it is about a relationship at a difficult point. So this might be a good time to share that. Let me mention that as people are hearing it, I'm very proud to have worked with a singer named Maura Levine, who sings the harmony on this, and also the mandolin player Bob Harris, who are both great musicians in their own right. So it's a pleasure to have them on the record. It's Melanie by Terry Kitchen. I'm not the rock of Gibraltar You never were a damsel in distress We've always done our best To help 
help each other through This hill is just steeper than the rest Oh, Melanie, we'll get through this Oh, Melanie, you're not alone Oh, Melanie, I still love you I'm waiting for the day you'll come Back, I wish I'd seen you coming All the times you didn't seem yourself It's not like us keeping secrets Especially from each other It's this one you were keeping from yourself Oh, Melanie, we'll get through this Oh, Melanie, you're not alone Oh, Melanie, I still love you I'm living for the day you come home The door is always open, the light is always on I'll never give up hoping You'll find yourself and find your way back home Who doesn't need a candle in the darkness? Who hasn't taken shelter from the storm? None of us is perfect. None of us is blameless. No shame in being human after all. Oh, Melanie, we'll get through this. Oh, Melanie, you're not alone. Oh, Melanie, I still love you. I'm praying for the day you come home. Oh, Melanie, I still love you. is Bob Harris, the wonderful harmonies there by Mara Levine, and the songwriter and lead vocals is Terry Kitchen, who's here with us today for Song of the Soul, his website, terrykitchen.com. As you know, always, every week, you can find the links to our guests on northernspiritradio.org, all of our history of these past 14 and a half years, both Spirit in Action and Song of the Soul programs the stations that carry our programs, and there's an opportunity there to both comment on and rate the program. So please, after listening to this interview with Terry Kitchen, remember to go to northernspiritradio.org and contribute your input. We love two-way communication. There's also a donate button, and that's how this full-time work is supported 
by you, not by corporations, not by the government, but you, the listener. So we depend on you, and we hope you'll help out Northern Spirit Radio. But even more so, I think it's extremely important to support your local broadcasting sources, your alternative sources. Please remember to support them. They give you alternate music and news that you get nowhere else. And I'm just wondering what kind of stations you have around Boston, Terry. Well, in Boston, we're very lucky. I actually went to college in Los Angeles, which is this obviously huge megalopolis. And when I moved to Boston, I was pleasantly stunned that I think Boston has more varied radio outlets than L.A. did. We've got a lot of great colleges here that have radio stations. You know, we have a couple of strong NPR stations, a full spectrum, you know, even little neighborhood community stations within the city of Boston. We have something called the Boston Neighborhood Network that does a lot of great local programming. So it's definitely important. I definitely echo everything you say. So please do support them. And again, NorthernSpiritRadio.org is our website. Find links to our guests. Let's go on to some more music right away, Terry. Um, This is a song called White Lung. Oh, that sounds uplifting or not. (laughs) (laughs) Are you generally an activist uh, concerned about making the world better in concrete, I don't know, say political ways? I would say yes. I actually work with kids on a daily basis. I work with eighth graders at a middle school here in the Boston area. And it is great to have a hand in what they're looking at in the world and what they're going to be looking at in the future. That's really my greatest gift to them. If I can just help make them curious and help make them realize that what they do, what they say is important and that everybody has a voice. Your activism, where do you, I don't not necessarily get it from, but where do you live it out in community? Are there organizations which support and further your activism? Absolutely. I would say that if I had to choose one issue, it would be maintaining biodiversity. The human population is growing so quickly on this planet. The planet's not getting any bigger. There's just more and more people on it. And our technology has moved so quickly in the past millennium or a few hundred years that we are having such a major impact on the ecosystems of the planet that we're both crowding out other species and just making their environments, which have maybe changed gradually over thousands and millions of years, making big changes really quickly that they can't adapt and evolve fast enough to cope with. So we, by whatever evolutionary luck or bad luck maybe, because we have these opposable thumbs, you know, we can build tools and make the world in our image. And we have these brains that keep getting bigger until we get these ideas. So we can change the world, but we we need to remember that just because we can do it doesn't mean that we should do it. Boston is a great town. The Union of Concerned Scientists is based uh, right here in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I got to tell you, you know, the past couple of years under the current political administration, everybody is just pulling their hair out because there are so many fires, literally and figuratively, all over the planet happening so quickly. And so much good work that we have been doing seems to be getting undone. So there's more than enough work to be done in terms of just alerting people and trying to impact what we can in, in terms of direct action, education, the whole boat. So many forms of activism that are open to us, calling us to healing of the world. And one of them is the topic of Terry Kitchen's song, White Lung. May Lee left the Mekong at dawn on a fishing boat, packed shoulder to shoulder till it could barely float. 
Days no food or water Hot sun drove them crazy On the fourth they were hauled in By the U.S. Navy Fast forward to Queens Maybe's daughter Han Works like a mom did At the perfect nail salon Dips her brush In a bowl of acetone Powdered acrylic In the air And in her bones White lung White lung The ravages you've wrung Each coat of shallow beauty Draws crimson from the blood Steals breath from the old And years from the young White lung, white lung Han works late Then goes home to her mom In bed with emphysema Green tank of oxygen Han brings her soup Then rubs Maylee's back Then listens all night To the coughing attack White lung, white lung The ravages you've wrung Each cold of shallow beauty Draws crimson from the blood Steals breath from the old And years from the White lung, white lung The girls from the parlor All made up their best Nails buffed and polished To the shade of each dress Han takes the urn, walks through the garden Wondering why she can't smell the blossoms White lung, white lung, these ravages you've wrung Each coat of shallow beauty draws crimson from the blood Steals breath from the old Years from the young, white lung, white lung White lung, white lung, the ravages you've wrung These coats of many colors draw crimson from the blood Steal breath from the old, and years from the young White lung, white lung White long, white long, white long. T.
Terry Kitchen's website is terrykitchen.com. That was White Long from his most recent CD, Next Time We Meet. I have noticed, by the way, you, you said you're mainly identifying yourself as a songwriter, but I noticed there's a lot of love that comes out through the way you play your guitar. When did your love affair with the guitar start? Oh, well, thank you. Way back when I was in grade school, this was back in the 1960s when the, the Beatles were kind of the happening band. And so you'd turn on the Ed Sullivan show and see the Beatles playing their guitars. And so we all wanted to be the next Beatles. And even in the song, Next Time We Meet, the hook line is about this little band that my friend Bill and I had. We'll be bigger than the Beatles because that's always the dream. <laughs> but so I lived in a big house that had... Uh, was divided up into a couple different apartments according to floor. And the people who lived above us were Lafayette College students because I, I grew up in Easton, Pennsylvania, which is where Lafayette College is. And one of them played guitar and came down and would give me lessons. It was great because he taught me Beatles songs or House of the Rising Sun or, you know, stuff that I wanted to learn as opposed to I'd taken a few piano lessons, but the teacher was this very old-fashioned classical kind of player and it just didn't interest me. So I never got very skilled on piano. But being able to hear that music on the guitar and then being able to be shown some basics, you know, it was a pleasure. So I've just always enjoyed playing guitar. And folk guitar is great. I went to summer camp and just with a guitar and people around a campfire, there's just no better feeling. It is wonderful. Speaking of the Beatles, which Beatle are you wannabe? I'm somewhere between a John and a George. Okay. Both songwriters pouring out the wonderful songs. And while we're pouring out those wonderful songs, let's go on to another one from Terry Kitchen. Okay, this is a song called Last Sandcastle Standing. Again, it, it does feature some sort of that finger-picking guitar, which is really nice to have an instrument that, you know, is a pleasure to play. It makes me want to play it, which is nice. And then my friend Amy Malkoff is a very talented singer, and she put down some beautiful harmonies on it. And I, I feel like it's maybe the most lyrically kind of obscure song, but musically, we really wanted to get the feeling of someone sort of being able to fly and being able to leave this world and being able to sort of move on and, and look down. The main character in the song is a, is a seagull kind of looking down at the world. So this goes out to my friend Bill. Soft fall at a seagull's feet She stares out into gray Dawn breaks on a white sand beach A perfect canvas for the day I don't want to be, I don't want to be The last sandcastle standing I don't want to be, I don't want to be the last sandcastle standing. Standing, I don't want to be. I 
don't wanna be the last sandcastle standing. Kitchen is joining us today from Boston, Massachusetts, with his song Last Sandcastle Standing from his recent release, Next Time We Meet. His website, terrykitchen.com, the link's on nordenspiritradio.org. And that haunting song, he's accompanied there by Amy Malkoff on harmony and Jackie Damsey on violin, amongst the other wonderful musicians. And maybe it's an appropriate time to mention something about your name. I don't know how many people there are named Kitchen in the world. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, and there are only two of us, <laughs> myself and my wife, with that last name, because we made it up when we got married. Terry Kitchen is not the name you grew up with. Could you say a little bit about where it came from? Sure. My given name is Max Pokrivchak, which, if you look at it on paper, has about 12 Slavic consonants all in a row. And it was kind of confusing for people. And when I played in a rock band, uh, when I played in Loose Ties, people only needed to remember the name of the band. So it was not a big deal. But then when I started performing as a solo artist, I would show up at a folk festival and the name would be misspelled in the program or on the marquee and the DJs would go, that's Max, uh, what's his name? And, you know, so it really wasn't helping get the music out there. And so I was thinking I just needed something that people could grasp a little quicker on, you know, on one listen. And I was reading a Kurt Vonnegut novel called Bluebeard, and there's a character in it who's an abstract expressionist painter named Terry Kitchen. And I thought, aha, it's already a household word, kind of unique <laughs> as a name. And so I wrote to Kurt Vonnegut, and he sent me back a very nice postcard with one of his drawings on it, saying that he was pleased and amazed to be of use. So the past number of albums going back about 25 years now to 1995 have come out under the name Terry Kitchen, and it has really helped in terms of people being able to find me, you know, and, and connect the name to the music. 
so your first solo album back in 1991 had your name, Max Prokrivchek, on it. Uh, Blues and Grace was still under the name Max. And all of them, and there's a lot of them since then, that have been under different names. I was kind of interested. There's one of them that was called Perpendicular Universe, Loose yes, Ties. Yes. That's Loose Ties. That's the name of the rock band you were with in the 80s. Correct. What's the relationship between a perpendicular universe and loose ties? You know, the phrase parallel universe is something that you hear a lot in like Star Trek episodes and science fiction episodes. But parallel universes, it's like identical, but but never really meets the, the, the universe. Parallel lines never meet. But a perpendicular universe would be one that has a specific point of intersection where everything might be different except for this one point where things come together. So it was kind of a celebration, you know, of the band's moment where back in the 80s, uh, we were all together making music and and, in a music scene. Boston had a great music scene at the time. There was a band called The Cars at the time and a band called Till Tuesday and Aerosmith and Jay Giles, you know, more on the rock and roll side. But still, it was a great time for music in town. And so we were part of that little scene. And so that was kind of like the point of intersection with the larger world. So that was our perpendicular universe. Now, you came to my attention, Terry, because of your connection with People's Music Network, people who I think have a similar desire for the world that I do. How long have you been part of People's Music Network? Pretty much at the point where I decided that I needed to find more of a listening audience for the types of songs I was writing and not as much of that, like the rock and roll star thing. A friend of mine had heard about PMN and was a member of it. And she took me along to one of their annual gatherings. And it was just this great situation of of people who, again, really think that music can be a positive force for change in the world. And that certainly coincides with the music that I heard when I was growing up in the 1960s, when if you hear a song like, come on, people, get together, everybody smile on your brother, you know, love one another right now. If you got everybody in the planet singing that song, it's going to be a lot harder to have a war. So, you know, definitely believing that music can make a positive difference. And so that was way back in probably 1992. So coming up on 30 years. Yeah, and it's so much rich music you've produced since then. We've got time for one more sample. Okay, well, let's go out with a song called Heaven Here on Earth. And there's a a festival that I play at every summer called the Falcon Ridge Folk Festival in New York State. Folk music of different types and a lot of, you know, very talented songwriters all together in one place. And so there's the music on stage, but then everybody stays up all night around the campfire as well and trade songs. And that's, that's really fun because pretty much everybody who comes loves the music. So it's not just like, oh, you have to be this world-class performer to get on the stage. You know, if you stay up in the campfire, you, everybody gets a turn to sing their song. And that's a really nice experience. On the Sunday morning of the festival, there's what's called the Gospel Wake-Up Call where all the performers go around in a circle and sing these great old-time gospel songs, you know, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, or whatever it is. And it occurred to me that since not everybody has the same ideas about religion and faith, that what we really needed were some Sunday morning sing-along songs for atheists and agnostics. So I went back to my tent at the festival that afternoon, and I wrote this song, Heaven Here on Earth. When you're talking about atheist agnostics, I'm assuming you're including yourself in there. Is that where you find yourself and that where you've always been? It is where I find myself now. I would describe myself as an open-minded atheist. 
I was raised as a Lutheran and, you know, appreciated the teachings and the structure, but the idea of this sort of all-powerful God is kind of hard to for me to reconcile with looking out at the world and all of the, I mean, there's beauty here, but certainly there's also a lot of suffering. And so it's hard for me personally to say, well, if there really is an all-powerful God, like, why isn't he like down here working his butt off trying to make things better? And you can argue theology all day about how it works or doesn't work, but the idea of the biblical God didn't really work for me anymore. But I still am in awe of the beauty of life. So I really wanted to write a song that reflected that and also got across the idea that you don't need to believe in, quote, a religion in order to appreciate life. And, you know, sometimes you meet fundamentalist religious people of, of any faith or every faith who think that their path is the only way to heaven. And it's like, if there really is a heaven and there really was a God, he would want everybody to get there and everybody needs their own path. So, you know, I really want us to be inclusive of all faiths and no faiths, and that if everybody has their own favorite, it should be more like rooting for the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Twins. You know, it shouldn't, it's not something that really matters. What matters is how we live here, you know, and we need to get along here and we need to help each other here while we're here. You know, you mentioned you were raised Lutheran, but Pokrivchak doesn't seem to me to be a terribly Lutheran name. I mean, there were countries, uh, the the Scandinavian countries, where you'd associate being Lutheran or, or possibly Germany. Right. My mother's side of the family was Lutheran. And so, you know, when my parents were deciding how they would raise uh, my sister and I, I think my, my mother won that particular discussion. So we ended up going to her church, which was a Lutheran church. My father was raised Roman Catholic, and actually his family who were Slavic from what was Czechoslovakia at the time, went to a Ukrainian church in Pennsylvania where we grew up. And so that was a very interesting experience, you know, with the very, like, all the pageantry and the incense and the ringing of the bells and all that sort of stuff, which, again, if people find that helps get them to a spiritual place, you know, that's great. But for me, it was like this whole other world and not one that I felt really drawn to. But we do feel drawn to, and I hope all you listeners will feel drawn to, as we listen to Terry Kitchen's song, Heaven Here on Earth. Before we play it, Terry, I do want to thank you for being part of making great music and introspective music. I so appreciate that difference between people who want to sit down and get absorbed in the story you're telling through your music, the kind of thing that you do, Terry, versus rock music, which I also love, but has a totally different energy on it. And I thank you for being part of the energy drawing people to their center, to that introspection, to that sense of connection through your music. So thank you for doing that music and joining us here today for Song of the Soul. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks so much for having me, and I'm glad you're enjoying the music. I hope your audience enjoys it. And so we end here our interview with Terry Kitchen, website terrykitchen.com, with his song Heaven Here on Earth from his 2018 release, Rubies in the Dust. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Here's Heaven Here on Earth. I don't know there's a God up in heaven I don't know where we go when we die All I know is I'm here and I'm grateful For each day that I'm alive I look around 
Then I see so much beauty Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.